Well, it's 3.57 in the morning, and uh, I am on my way to South Dakota. Just left the house. Got the beast packed up with five Britneys and one, uh, well, five Britneys. One worthless one's in my right seat. He's curled up, and uh, you get five crates in his truck. I got one in the back seat. Of course, that's Ruby. She's the matriarch. She gets inside, but she doesn't travel real well uncaged, so we compromised and put a crate in the back seat for her. And uh, I just found out, I didn't just find out, but I confirmed that I'm traveling right into a snowstorm. I'll be going into South Central, South Dakota, uh, get there tomorrow, and they're talking anywhere from 11 to 23 inches of snow and that's a possibility that's a watch that's not a warning so uh, anyway it'll be exciting my wife's coming in Saturday to the airport so I hope that no matter what happens they'll be able to get the airport cleared out and uh, I'm excited because I heard from my game warden friend that South Dakota has lots of sharps and chickens and uh the pheasant hatch is not tremendous, better than last year. So he said the grass is tall and thick. I got a lot of rain, and the crops are still up. And that's as of today, which is the uh, October 9th. So I'm going to interview several people up there. Uh, mainly uh, there's some uh, women that I'm going to be hunting with that are in part of our party that... Uh, you may recognize their names. I'm going to interview them as we get a little closer through the week. And uh, I expect uh, it'll be just beautiful weather. I'm talking in the 30s to 40s to 50s during the day and 20s at night, which is just perfect. So I did my checklist. I've got my dogs, shotguns, wallet, boots, everything else I can take care of when I get there if I forgot it. So stay tuned. We'll be talking to you later. Well, while I'm hunting out here in South Dakota and I'm in the field, I wear my ESP sound attenuators in my ears. They're form fit. They don't fall out. They're very comfortable and they protect your ears. So I'm 69 and I wish I had these when I was 29. Well, they weren't making them probably 40 years ago, but let me tell you something. I'm about 85% loss of hearing in my right ear. I shoot left-handed, and uh, I think uh, that's exactly why my right ear is about shot. Of course, it might be around, might, might partly, partly caused by being around jets when I was uh, the last uh, 40 years, but not when it's uh, differentiated between the right and left ear. That right ear is that way because of uh, shooting. So, the attenuators will keep the, uh, will stop any noise above 90 decibels, which is after 90 decibels continued use, will damage that nerve, that auditory nerve. So, go ahead and get some ESP uh, hearing attenuators. Uh, they're good folks, they're easy to work with, and uh, they have a good product, ESPAmerica.com. Okay, I'm in South Dakota, and uh, it's uh, 33 degrees right now. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. That's central time. Interestingly, South Dakota, the time zone, kind of splits the state. Half of it's central and half of it's mountain. But for the purposes of game laws and times and stuff like that, um, the whole they use central time. doesn't matter where you are in the state, they're going to use central time. So I think that's kind of interesting. But... Let's talk about some practical tips for hunting in South Dakota. First of all, where do you hunt? Well, there's a lot of places, actually. They've got a program called the Hunter Walk-In Area. Uh, I've done a podcast, did a podcast earlier, and you can look it up about the Hunter Walk-In areas in South Dakota, but there's a lot of them. Um, they don't change uh, dramatically year to year, but there are changes from year to year, so it's important to get an updated map. You do not have to sign in for these. Uh, they're delineated on the map. 
and uh, there are a few rules, of course, that just common sense rules. You don't drive through crops, things like that. You're not required to touch base with the landowner. And, uh, you know, you can park uh, somewhere safely off the road and uh, jump the fence if you want, or there's usually some area designated for parking. These are areas that have uh, upland birds, and some are designated as uh, primarily upland birds, and then uh, they're also looked at for deer and antelope and whatever else they hunt up here. I don't know the bird hunter, so. But they, uh, you can look on the data for the hunter walk-in area, and they will tell you what species are available. Typically, most of them say all, but uh, in where we're hunting here, but you know, they it. Uh, That'll kind of give you a guide as to what to look for. I'm driving right now, and, and I'm heading up to an area where I got a hot tip. <laughs> I'm laughing because, um, you know, everybody, bird hunters are worse than anybody, I think, when it comes to hot tips. So I got a hot tip on where there's some prairie chickens, so I'm driving up. Uh, it's about a two-hour drive, so I'm easing on up there in the morning to take a look at it. My hunting compadres are sleeping in because the wind is about uh, between 25 and 30 miles an hour, and they decided they don't want to hunt in that. And I decided I'm not going to sit another day around the motel. Uh, I've already cut into my hunting time one day because of that blizzard. So I'm going to get up here somewhere and let the dogs out and let them stretch anyway. But anyway, hunter walking areas are one place you can go. And then, of course, there's BLM land, which is public land. You own it, and you can hunt that. Uh, there is what I, I call school land or state land, and the western states have this set up, and it's usually a section of land uh, scattered throughout the state, and there is there is a method to it, but that land is huntable, that is public as well, and you, uh, you have the right to hunt that when you buy your state hunting license. There are, uh, there are uh, federal lands, for example, the grasslands. And those are public as well, and you can hunt those. And they have good uh, you know, chickens and sharp tails on those too. Um, so when you get up here, you got to remember though that South Dakota is kind of leading the country in the use of non-toxic shot. I say leading the country because of the places that I hunt. That's where I first heard about it, and it was a long time ago, many many years ago. And uh, they did some studies about lead shot, and I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but in fact, it does uh, poison the uh, birds. It's, it's lead poisoning. So the problem is not the shot that kills the bird you just shot at. Uh, that might be your immediate problem when you're picking out shot or trying to keep from ingesting the lead, which is something you might want to think about. But the problem is all the shot that misses and you know, I know you're not like me. I know you hit all your shot hits the bird you shoot at. But when I'm out there shooting, uh, typically there's a lot of shot goes someplace that is not very productive. So it gets in the land, it gets in the ground, and uh, it, uh, the duck hunters were typically the ones who started this because, uh, you know, the ducks will reach down and they'll pick it up and filter that uh, through the mud and stuff, whatever they eat on the bottom of the pond. And uh, they'll pick up that lead and will actually be poisoned. So that kind of started and kicked it off. But they've done upland bird studies and found out that, in fact, it does affect the upland bird population as well. So South Dakota has some restrictions on use of lead shot. And, uh, they, they either have lead shot or non-toxic shot. That's the, uh, that's the identifiers. Non-toxic could be steel, which is probably the most common, or bismuth, or there's a... Uh, has a lot of different combinations of non-toxic shot. The uh, prices have come down on steel shot, so that's pretty probably what most people use. Uh, I did find some bismuth shot on sale at Runnings, which is a store, and uh, bought some. But I, at first, I was really excited. It was 13 bucks a box. I was going, "Oh my gosh, that's really really good!" Well, there's only 10 shells. So, well, anyway. That's capitalism. That's what made America great. Anyway, uh, so just be careful where you're using it and read the regs. And just as a note, 
the uh, you can use lead shot in uh, hunter walking in walk-in areas because that's not owned by it's that's privately owned. You can use lead shot uh, in the grasslands, and you can use lead shot in uh, BLM land. You have to use uh, non-toxic shot anywhere there's a waterfowl area, if you're hunting a waterfowl area, a game production area, something like that. I might not be right about the game production area. You'll have to look that up. But any, any waterfowl areas if you're hunting it for anything, it could be pheasant or, uh, you know, sharp tails or whatever, you have to use uh, non-toxic shot. So typically most of the hunting up here is done on walking areas, uh, grasslands, BLM land, things like that. So uh, but I will tell you that if you get your license checked, and in South Dakota, I've had my license checked more than any other state, they will, if you're in an area that requires steel shot, they will check you for that, and uh, as they should. So just letting you know about that. It's some places to hunt in South Dakota. There's a lot of it. And uh, get a map. You can order a book from the state. It comes in the mail. It's got everything uh, drawn out for you. Several of the uh GPS apps have it on your. You can have it on your phone or your GPS. I use the uh, GAIA GPS uh, app, and then there's of course the Onyx app, and uh, which is probably the most popular. And uh, you know, the, even the state of South Dakota has got an app that has the walk-in areas designated. It's free. So a lot of, a lot of, by the way, a lot of states are doing that. I noticed Montana had one, and. Uh, Every time I go to a state now, I'll go ahead and look on their website, see if they've got a free app. Uh, even though I use the GAIA that has all that stuff on it, it's always nice to have a backup. So, Anyway, that's a good place to hunt. Just some practical tips. Back with you later. Well, we're starting day two on our way to South Dakota. Uh, I am in South Dakota right now. I'm in the eastern end, going up I-29. Spent the night in Omaha after a uh, right at about a thousand miles the first day. I'm getting too old for that. It, uh, just about killed me. I don't know. I just was rolling along, and then I knew I had the Braves game coming up. And uh, well, I don't even want to talk about it. It was bad. So I had no reason to go any further. I stopped in Omaha. Got up and it's 55 degrees and rain now. As I go up to Sioux Falls and take a left, it's supposed to stay raining all day. And then about halfway across South Dakota, the temperature is going to be dropping the whole way, and I'll get into the snow. And it's going to snow all day today, tonight, and part of tomorrow, which is Friday. Uh, maybe pick up five or six inches of snow. I'm not so sure we're going to get it because uh, the ground's still pretty warm. So it's going to be about 29 tonight, 28 there uh, near here. And, uh, you know, I just I just don't see it getting a lot of snow. But it will be cold. And uh, when the wind gets up to about 40-mile-an-hour gusts, I don't care who you are, when it's 29 degrees outside and 40 miles an hour is where the wind, it's going to be, it's going to be mighty nippy. But I did get two good reports on um, the birds in South Dakota. One of them was from uh, David and Angela Helan. They run the Spring Creek Resort up on Lake Milwaukee. Uh, they do. He does guided pheasant hunts, and he uh, is seeing a lot of sharks and chickens, um, and, uh, and pheasant as well. Of course, pheasant season doesn't open until next week. 19th, but uh, you know he has seen a lot of sharks and chickens. And the other report is from a friend of mine in the DNR, or whatever they call it in South Dakota. I always call it DNR, no matter where I go. But he said it's been a great year for sharks and chickens, so that's good, uh, since that's what we're looking for this trip. Um, both of them said that uh, the grass is thick, the crops are still in, they're still up, so they're being cut kind of late, a lot of cover, a lot of birds, or I mean a lot of cover for the birds, so it's going to be uh, going to need to work to get to them, but I'm encouraged by the sharks and chickens forecast. On a separate note, 
the uh, I got my shocks changed before I came out before I came out here. I know that seems kind of a stupid thing to talk about, but I've got a whole new truck. It's wonderful. The uh, I just love driving it. Even my wife got into it. She's not a big fan of my beast, but uh, she got into it before I left, and she said, "Wow, this thing's riding a lot great, a lot better." And uh, so apparently, 262,000 miles is a long ways to take your original shocks. Uh, <laughs> something as simple as changing the shocks give you a noticeably better ride, rounder tires, better gas mileage. Oh, by the way, I'm averaging 19.6 miles a gallon at uh, about over 75 miles an hour, probably 76, 77 miles an hour average since I left the house. And I'm averaging uh, over 19, probably closer to 20 miles a gallon. That's that's pretty good for a big old diesel, I think. So I'm looking forward to the snow. I'm looking forward to getting out of some of this rain and some snow and seeing what it looks like after all the 98-degree heat we've been having all summer down in Atlanta. Don't think I'm going to hunt today. In fact, I know I'm not. Um, uh, my license starts tomorrow, and tomorrow is supposed to be marginal for hunting. Uh, I've done it before. Well, let's take a look. It's right on the margin. It's going to be in the high 20s, low 30s, and uh, snow in the morning, and then stopping mid-morning, clearing and starting to pick up some wind. So uh, we're looking at uh, 35 to 40 mile an hour gusts tomorrow. And then Saturday, it's going to be nice, sunny, but but windy and cold. So uh, I, may, uh, I may jump out there tomorrow if I can find a couple spots that are in the lead of the wind, out of the wind and on Saturday too. So anyway, getting kind of excited. Um, my wife comes, flies in. Saturday night in the pier, um, she's not a big fan of long-distance haul on a truck, so she's going to come in, so Sunday's going to be nice, uh, real nice, in the 40s, and about 15 mile an hour wind, that's going to get me nicer than that, and that's, uh, that's going to be great, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, this is uh, day two, if anything more exciting happens, uh, I'll let you know. Well, still day two, I was uh, had a pretty interesting incident on the freeway, I-90, you know, heading into that storm. Uh, they're talking six to ten inches uh, in the area where I'll be hunting tonight. And then, uh, tomorrow the snow will stop, and then it's just going to get windy. But uh, we're driving along, and I was talking hands-free, of course, uh, to my friend watching the car ahead of me. And uh, there weren't that many cars on the freeway then, of course there never are in this part of the country, but I was watching a guy ahead of me, and he was about a quarter mile ahead of me, and he put on his brakes and slowed down, I'm thinking, well, maybe uh, he's trying to avoid a deer or something, it was kind of misting and raining and that kind of stuff, and kind of eased over in the left lane to go around him, and uh, I just kept on going. I mean, I was, I eased the left lane, and I kind of eased on through the left lane, and I'm going, oh, this is not good. This is really not good. And I managed to uh, managed to keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise there and uh, slowed down and got behind them. And what had happened is the temperature had gone from 33 to 32, and there was a layer of ice and slush on the road that had frozen. And, uh, of course, we were slowed down at that point, and I went, I went in a four-wheel drive and slowed way down, and uh, then I started seeing people off the road. So I stopped, and uh, one of them, first one I came to, I stopped and got out and went over. The windshield wipers were going on the car. It hadn't happened that long before I got there. And I was a young woman. I guess she was probably about, uh, I was, she was in her 20s, but she was just sitting there, and car running and had already called a 911 and had called the wrecker and to come get her out and uh, learned something pretty interesting in South Dakota. You cannot pull somebody out of a ditch on the freeway. It's against the law. <laughs> I said, I think I can get you back up. 
on the freeway. First, we tried to drive her out, but her, her tires just spun. But uh, I said, maybe I could pull you out. And she said, well, you better not. You'll get a fine. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And it makes good sense. You don't want to be doing all that on the freeway when there's cars are coming by. So uh, I made sure she was okay. And she had a record coming and seemed like she wasn't hurt or no damage or anything. So that was one. And the next guy was a box truck about 100 yards past that. He was fine. And the next one was an 18-wheeler. And <laughs> he was fine, too. But the tractor part was through the fence and into the pasture. And his, his load was in the ditch. And it was all over the ditch. It had come out, split open, and uh, he was uh, apparently hauling produce because there was a bunch of it all through the ditch. But everybody was okay. And uh, I just thought it was interesting how bad or how quickly road conditions can change. And I was just lucky I wasn't in the ditch, too. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And that'll sure uh, get the pucker factor up pretty quick. But it wasn't far past that that... Uh, the rain quit, the snow kept coming down, and then finally the snow quit. And uh, the freeway is back to normal now, but uh, everybody's pretty gun-shy. I don't think anybody's been over 60 miles an hour now for about 20 miles or so. So uh, <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but, boy, I was gripping the wheel pretty tight for a while there. I get asked a lot what type of uh, gun do I shoot when I'm hunting and it's very simple I shoot 20 gauge for everything um, I just started uh, as for why you know I when I started shooting sports I went out and I said everybody's got a 12 gauge let me get out and get a 12 gauge well I did that um, I started uh, when I got my first bird dog I didn't know how to train it I took it to a trainer up in Tennessee and, you know, we were talking, and I said, what kind of gun do you shoot? He had a Browning Satori over and under, 20-gauge. And uh, we talked about that. I thought it was a pretty good-looking gun. And he uh, he said, what are you shooting? I told him, and he said, wow, 12-gauge on these birds? I said, that's murder. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're influenced by different things. So I said, well, I don't want to murder. So I decided to shoot a 20-gauge, and uh, it was just a basic decision. Um, but I do shoot everything with a 20. I have no, no problems doing it, uh, all the game birds that I shoot. So here in South Dakota, uh, you know, it's pretty wide open. Got some wide open spaces. People go, well, I'm going to need a full choke out here. You know, not really. Uh, improved and modified are probably good chokes for you out here. I mean, I shoot even, I shoot even more open choke than that. And, you know, I shoot a side-by-side. -side. Right now, I'm shooting a 20-gauge uh, AH Fox uh, built in 1912. Uh, found it in a, uh, a consignment sale in a gun shop in Atlanta uh, about 20 years ago. And I uh, was uh, currently had no adult supervision in my life. So I went in and I had to get a loan, believe it or not, at the credit union. That was more than 20 years ago. It was probably 30 years ago. I had to get a loan at the credit union where I worked. Went down and bought it, paid it off, and uh, loved that little gun. But uh, when the weather's bad, of course, I don't use that gun. I use a side-by-side uh, 20-gauge -side uh, SKB Model 100 with extractors, not ejectors, and that's sort of my beat-around gun. I do really, really, I really enjoy that gun. just fits me to a T, and so that's what I shoot out here. I shoot side-by-side -side 20 gauges and uh, pretty much open chokes. I shoot uh, for sharps and chickens. I shoot a two-and-three-quarter-inch uh, six-shot, number sixes. And uh, sometimes I'll shoot seven-and-a-halves. I certainly don't go any bigger than sixes, but I think that number six shots are a good all-around shot on these birds. When I'm up here hunting pheasant, I use the same guns, but I go to a three-inch, 20-gauge Prairie Storm number fives. I'm watching 15 roosters fly across out of the beans into the corn. Those of you that are coming up here to pheasant hunt, the corn is still up. 
anyway, back to the shooting. The uh, I shoot a Prairie Storm ammunition, and I'm not giving them a plug of the fact that that stuff works, and it it knocks them dead. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can find it. It's bladed shot, some bladed shot, some round shot, and they are. Like I said, I don't get any compensation from those folks. That's that is a fine pheasant, very strong. So, at any rate, that's the gun I use. I shoot a 20, and that's the shot size I use on sharps and chickens and pheasants. Well, it was a <laughs> it was pretty much a blizzard last night, and uh, got up today. Wind was blowing about 35, 40 miles an hour, and it uh, we had probably uh, four or five inches here. And uh, of course the drifts were real bad up top. We're down on the river in the valley, but uh, get up on top and uh, there is nothing, nothing to slow that wind down and it was bad. So about, stopped snowing about noontime and sun came out and now it's about six in the evening and uh, roads are dry as a bone. and This snow will be gone, I'm sure day or two and the issue is whether or not the back roads uh, we're going to even be able to drive on them because of the mud and muck so anyway everybody's fine the dogs are good and uh we're going to head out and hunt tomorrow it's going to be uh dry but the roads are going to be well we'll know we'll see it's supposed to be really windy maybe they'll dry out pretty quick uh i got a couple of friends i can call if i get stuck but the, the whole point is not to get stuck we'll see what happens Well, I had to put out in a place where I found birds before, but uh, we didn't find anything except uh, Blue uh, got on the trail of a pheasant, and uh, he thought that was the most exciting thing he'd ever seen. It was funny, <laughs> excuse me, watching him go through the grass every once in a while. He, this went on for a space of a couple of minutes. Every once in a while, he would look up and jump straight up in the air to see if he could see the critter. But uh, finally, that pheasant had enough and took off. He was about... Oh, maybe 20 yards from me. He flew right over my head. <laughs> Blue's head came up when he saw that, and he said, that is so unfair. He said, I had him. But um, I went ahead and put Blue up, got both my other dog, got uh, both the boy dogs out, uh, Cap and Shack, and put them down to run through that field again just to make sure we cleaned it. And in fact, uh, if those two guys can't find anything, there's nothing there. That's just, you know, of course, that's just a guy talking about his dogs. <laughs> Uh, then I went ahead and put the girls down, Ruby and Pearl, uh, in another field across the road. And, and uh, we just moved some pheasant again, which, uh, you know, I try to stay away from pheasant this time of year. But anyway, they're they're here too. So we didn't find anything there, but uh, had a good workout. And uh, they got uh, the blizzards finally out of here. And it was cold and windy, but uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Well, that's cool. My wife came in last night, and uh, we're headed out to the grasslands. We've got a couple spots figured out. We've got a hot tip at, uh, when we picked up uh, some diesel. And, uh, of course, uh, you're going to find that a lot. Guys are going to help you out by giving you hot tips. Well, this one didn't pan out very well. In fact, we almost got stuck. Three of us were almost in the ditch, so we had to back on out of there and went someplace else. But they're always fun to to check out. And then we got to thinking, you know, if this guy's a – local why would he why would he tell three visitors uh where the birds are you know that make much sense but you never know anyway so that was kind of funny then we got over to another area um uh, shack was birdie right out of the truck or red shack and blue together shack was birdie right out of the truck and we trailed uh he pointed and moved pointed and moved uh, for about uh oh i don't know a quarter of a mile until finally uh he locked up, and I was on my way over to him. I knew he was serious this time, and then all of a sudden the bird got up before I could get there. It was pretty flighty. Never even got a shot. And So he moved on. I knew we were pushing a feeding cubby at that point, so he moved on, and about 200 yards later pointed again and uh, blew back them, uh, not without some coercion, but uh, blue, blue, blue did back. And uh, two of them got up once again before I could get there. I threw lead at one of them, but he was way out of out of range so uh we were moving a feeding covey at that point but that's all of them that we found 
uh, made a big loop on around and uh, ended up back at the truck. Uh, the other hunters came in and we went ahead and ate lunch on the tailgate, which is always a fun thing. Uh, biggest issue out here is getting your trucks arranged so that you can block the wind. And that's, once you do that, it makes for a pleasant lunch. After lunch, we went out to another couple of areas, uh, didn't, didn't move any birds. So uh, the birds are here, you know, they're still trying to recover from this blizzard thing too. So we'll, we'll find them, we'll find them tomorrow. Well, it's the 14th and my, my wife and I are ready to go. We're heading out. We're excited today because uh, yesterday the back roads weren't really dried out yet. And it takes usually a couple of days and it's been windy and sunny yesterday so we're pretty sure we're going to be in good shape so we're going to head out west and hit a couple of spots we've uh, traditionally gotten birds in every year which uh you know for sharps and chickens uh remember that uh, if you get get a, a covey up there's a lek around there somewhere they usually don't get more than about a mile from the lek in other words the dancing grounds dancing grounds for uh sharp-tailed grouse and booming grounds for prairie chickens and uh so they usually don't get more than a mile, so they're usually closer than that to where they actually mate and breed and dance and do all that stuff. So typically you'll find them in the same area when you go back. So that's always something just to keep in mind. But we're headed out to about, we've got three or four areas marked that we're going to head out west of uh, where we're at. And it's going to be about 50 miles from here, so we're heading out kind of early. Okay, beautiful day. It's about uh, 30 degrees, and uh, we're about 50 miles from where we started last night, and uh, found a nice little walk-in area that's produced over the years for us. I put Ruby, my matriarch down, nine and a half years old, uh, current Georgia Region Master Champion. She's just always been the gift that keeps on giving. But anyway, she was uh, limping a little bit, and, you know, she has been, and I said, thought I figured I'd just run her by herself. Uh, put out on this piece of land, my wife and I, and we ended up, uh, the guys uh, that were hunting with us went a different route on the other side of the field. Suddenly we had a whole flock of chickens fly, fly over the top of us, so we knew something was going on. Actually, we heard a bunch of shooting and then a bunch of chickens fly over the top of us. So uh, we kind of watched where they went, uh, pretty much out of sight. But on our way back to the truck now, um, after all that called raw, Ruby, or, yeah, Ruby pointed, and uh, my wife was closer, so I said, go get, go on, you do it, go kick up the birds and shoot, and she said, well, she didn't really want to, but I said, go on, I'm too far away, so she started heading that way, and I grabbed my phone, I got my video going, and I just start, I just hit, <laughs> I just hit record, and uh, and I set my gun on the ground, I just hit record, and all of a sudden, I heard was <laughs> right at my feet, worst possible case, dropped the camera, grabbed my gun, missed the birds, <laughs> so, and then I had to be sure I found my camera again, so it was just a go go but anyway, it was, that's bird hunting, and uh, so we moved to a different area, had uh, Cap and blew my puppy down, Cap's got a lot of experience, so <laughs> I thought that was going to be a good way to go, uh, and, it, and it turned out it was, because Cap pointed a covey blue backed them and so then uh apparently my wife has to pee so uh i shot the bird i went across the fence they both went after the bird grabbed it now i got two of my dogs holding onto the same prairie chicken and finally cap said okay youngster you got it he made a great retreat in my hand so that was a great great benefit of the day i i really had a pretty good day so that's that uh Tomorrow's another day. Oh, beautiful day today. Well, it's a little cloudy, though. It's windy, a little cooler, about 45 degrees. Wind has really picked up. It's a factor today, but rain is not an issue. Um, just kind of cloudy and, yeah, about 40 to 45 degrees. So we started at a place I call where Randy's Ditch is where I got stuck real, real bad last year, sort of a legend. And... Um, we put out there, uh, Shelby and I were hunting together. My wife stayed in the truck because it was just a nasty day. And 
and uh, we went out with uh, who to have Pearl and Shaq, littermates, my littermates, male and female, and uh, went out and found two singles, both pointed, got up too far out to shoot, and we never could find the main group. Uh, that was uh, disappointing, but I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. We we noticed it a lot. Most of the birds this time of year are pretty close to the crops. The crops are still standing, and they're not in them. Well, I mean, we can't find them in them because we don't hunt inside the crops, but when we do find them, they're within a short flight of the crops, it seems like, so we just happened to notice that. So the next place we put out was a humongous section of the grasslands, and uh, I took my puppy, my two-year-old, and uh, he went out, uh, pointed a few mouse holes, and uh, Finally, he just he just slammed a point. I said, "Oh yeah, great, another mouse hole." Walked up there, and uh, sure enough, eight chickens got up. So, and uh, you know, the rest is uh, I like to tell you, I shot a double. Fact is, I missed them both. So, uh, I didn't ruin the poor dog. But uh, anyway, after that, we went and uh, he locked down several times on uh, places where the birds had been. Uh, got two more singles. Got up wild. So we saw a bunch of uh, bunch of chickens today. They're pretty much wild in this wind, but I think they're uh, but they're here, and that's the cool thing. On the last run of the day, I went out with Shelby again, and we uh, had a big grassy area next to some sunflowers, and we'd seen chickens in this area a lot, so we were real excited. We hunted quite a while up to the edge of the uh, the sunflowers and then down around the sunflowers back to the road. It was a irregularly shaped field. Once we got to the road, we saw a group of uh, chickens, a flock, maybe no, eight or ten birds fly high over the top of us into the sunflowers. So we knew they were around. Uh, we went around the corner and uh, the dogs both got really birdie. Ruby really started. She was uh, maybe 40 yards from us, and she locked up on point, and we started heading her way, and a bird got up about 30 yards in front of her, too far to shoot, so a single. So we knew some more birds were in there, and uh, so we watched her, and she kept working her way away from us, and she was about 60, 70 yards away from us. She locked up again. Well, we got really excited that time, started heading towards her, and uh, she did something she hardly ever does. I mean, I can't say she never does it because she did it today, but she just started taking a few steps. And I'm thinking, you know, this is really strange. It's not like her. Um, I, and I told Shelby, I said, she might be backing. So we started looking for Cap and way, way away. I mean, I mean, he was, he was 50, 60 yards away. He was locked up in the shrubs. And uh, so we started heading for him. And right then, just a great big, probably 15-plus chickens got up. Um, pretty much out of range for us, but uh, we both threw lead at them. I rocked one bird and kept an eye on it, but it flew basically out of sight over into the over into the sunflowers and, and came down, and he didn't look like he was any worse for the wear. So I must have, I was probably at the extreme range of my shotgun, so I'm, he probably just got tapped with one pellet or so, but I'm sure he's fine, but... Anyway, that was a great day. We uh, found that covey and saw other coveys. And that one spot is uh, is kind of on the edge of the grasslands. And uh, it's just it's just produced many, many times over the years. So we're probably going to hit that later in the year or later in the hunt as well. Maybe tomorrow or the next day even because, uh, you know, the birds are there. So it was great. It was really good. Um, and on the way out, we saw several other places to hunt too. But, uh, you know, those old dogs, my, my uh, cap is nine plus years old, and Ruby is uh, nine and a half years old, and they, they run like they're puppies. I'm just uh, thrilled with them. You know, I know they'll probably start slowing down the next couple of years, but, you know, I would love to get, you know, 13, 14, 15 years out of these dogs. And, you know, I think with proper nutrition and taking care of them, we'd probably do that. But uh, having a good time. Um, biggest problem now is staying hydrated and keeping keeping your face from getting so chapped it hurts so <laughs> we're slathering on sunscreen and lotion and uh trying to drink all the water we can get great run this morning took uh my cat dog my number one dog out in an area we uh saw some other fellows hunting last year 
Um, so we thought we'd give it a shot this year. And uh, saw, let's see, had a, a cat pointed a covey. Uh, the other dog pointed a covey. Cat pointed uh, singles twice. And uh, the other dog pointed singles twice. And, and the other dog pointed another covey, and they were all large coveys. Um, that was interesting. One time we're standing, we're walking out, and uh, Matthew, one of the guys I'm hunting with, and his wife Shelby looked up and they said, there's a covey coming. They're going to land right in front of us. And I couldn't see them. Suddenly I saw them, about 20 birds flying across in front of us, and they turned and started coming right at us. So <laughs> we all crouched down and waited and waited and waited, and they got right over the top of us and stood up and whiffed it. <laughs> oh, that's hunting. But anyway, uh, by that time, both our dogs were looking at us like, uh, we're about done with you guys. Been working our tails, our stubby little tails off all morning, and you can't hit a bird. So, uh, But we saw plenty of chickens, a lot of them. And uh, all of them within, uh, I would say, less than 100 yards of the crops in the grass. And when they got up, they flew into the crops, so they're hiding out in there. And that's interesting uh, to learn their habitats and learn their habits. So uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. We saw a lot of birds. We probably saw, I don't know, estimates go anywhere from 50 to 75. And I said, well, I would just going to tell everybody we saw 150 then, but you know how that goes, but uh, we saw about probably about 50 birds, three separate coveys, and then the other group uh, that hunted with us went a different direction, and they, they got a large covey up too, so that area is definitely a gold mine, and uh, we'll be visiting that again. Today was going to be a warm day. It's going to get up to in the 70s. Uh, started out with a forecast of 68, then it moved up to 70, and and then finally the forecast was for about 75. I think it made it to 76. And uh, so we hunted in the morning. We found a nice place around noontime, had lunch, and then I took a nap. I took about a three-hour nap. It felt great. Apparently some of my hunting mates took a picture of me, and it was very unflattering. <laughs> so hope that doesn't make it on the Internet. But anyway, uh we uh that morning uh Jesse and I took uh, he took his he took his pointer and I took uh cap my little Brittany and uh we decided we'd uh split off from the crowd and go up and see if we could find some more birds and we ended up finding three cubbies they were about uh 3 miles from the truck but once again they were within 100 yards of, or 200 yards of crops uh, in this case it was cut wheat which is perfect they love that stuff um I ended up, uh, his dog pointed, cat pointed. We were just working birds all the way through there. And finally, I could tell by the dog's behavior, those birds were a long ways out, but they were in front of us. So we we started heading up that way pretty quick, and the birds got up out there. I knocked one down, and uh, as luck would have it, we went up there as the dogs were. I told them to get out there and hunt dead. Uh, it went down right at the fence to the crops. Um, it wasn't a hard kill, so I know the bird was probably walking or running or went away to hide. So, But we were going to find them. And as we got up there, <laughs> what are the odds of this? We're out in the middle of nowhere, right? So the uh, farmer spraying his field. You know, he's got one of those sprayers with, I don't know, 60 feet, 100 feet wide. I don't know what it is. Tractor on the back of the tractor. So we uh, both unloaded our guns, and uh, Jesse went out into the field to look for it, which you can do if you got wounded game on private property you're allowed to go across the fence but leave your gun behind and uh so he was out there walking the wheat field looking for it and we saw the sprayer coming we said surely he's going to turn and go back you know and do crisscross the field and uh, surely he didn't he went by and sprayed whatever it was might have been roundup might have been insecticide might have been whatever but at that point i decided a I don't want the dogs out looking for this bird, snorting up all that insecticide. And B, even if they find the bird, I don't want them picking it up. So we left that bird. Uh, we looked for a while in the grass as well, so make sure, you know, in case he didn't cross into the wheat. But uh, so we worked the tops of the ridges 
and got another covey up, about 13 birds, and uh, then we got one more covey up as well. So uh, we got a single up. The dogs are pointing singles. Uh, the birds had moved a little bit, uh, and some of them were getting up wild. It's, it was really, uh, these birds are really wily this time of year, and I doubt those birds have been hunted. I really do, but um, I think it's just the weather and the time of year. So uh, we got back to the truck and uh, I had some lunch. After the sprayer incident, uh, I ended up on a field that I'd hunted earlier in the week with my wife, and I took uh, Blue, my puppy, and Ruby, my the matriarch, she's nine and a half years old, out into this field. We ended up moving nine prairie chickens singly, and every one of them got up wild before I could get to get to uh, get to the dog. So they were out feeding um, in preparation for uh, getting together for the roost. And, uh, you know, I'd see the dog go on point and hustle over there, and that, dog, that bird would get out 20 yards in front of her and be gone before I could even get a shot. I suppose I could have sprayed some lead, but it was, uh, I mean, it was just way out for me from the hunter. So nine birds this afternoon, which was great. Um, you know, it only takes, uh, it only takes, it only takes three times, and you got yourself your limit, but uh, apparently it eluded us then. We saw nine chickens and didn't get a shot. All right, I'm standing out here in a grassy field next to a wheat field with Matthew and Shelby. I don't know if you can hear me because of the wind noise, but uh, it's about 55 degrees, brilliant blue skies. We've got our best dogs on the ground. These chickens are kicking our butt. You've probably seen 40 or 50 of them in several, several different groups they can see us coming so we're going to go ahead and uh, get in the grass because they're going to need to roost sometime <laughs> so Matthew well, how many dogs you got I've got uh, five any good depends on who you ask <laughs> so what's your favorite kind of dog uh, it's a tie between the pointer and the American Brittany pointer and American Brittany yes sir I didn't know you had to, we had to make that distinction but I guess we do so Shelby, what's your favorite dog? Brittany, for sure. Brittany. All right. Yeah. I know I liked you better than Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So what do you think of bird hunting out here, Shelby? It's a lot of fun, but it's really tough. Yeah. Hard walking. Especially in that thick cover. Yeah. So what are you shooting there, Matthew? I've got a CZ Bob White 20 gauge side-by-side -side double trigger that I borrowed from a buddy of mine to test it out. How's it going? Well, I was one, I was two for two with it, and it went a little south after that. So <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew that when you were telling me yeah. you were two for two. I said, "Oh boy, it's yeah. coming now." I blessed it, and then now I think his gun's defective, so it's going back. The gun's defective. <laughs> <laughs> it's got those bent barrels that all my guns have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny thing is, one of my side-by-sides got a barrel that's bent left and one is bent right, and I just never can't figure out which is which. <laughs> How about you, Shelby? You got a 20 also? Yildies. She's Yildies. got a 20-gauge 20, yep. 20 Yildies over and under, Texas edition. Oh, the Texas edition. It's fancy. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. Well, well, how long have you guys been out here hunting? Uh, I've been coming out here since 2013. Oh, okay. And then, Shelby, you come out every time? I've graced your presence for two years now. Two years? <laughs> yeah, both well, years I was here, yeah. so, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I even had my wife out here for a little while. We had a good time with BJ. Yeah, yeah, so you guys did great. You and Sarah, Shelby, you three. We took some pictures of the three girls, and... Uh, then about five or six guys came running up to give us all kinds of advice. So we decided we're going to take pretty girls with us from now on. That's a true story. Yeah. He circled where to, what fields to go on, on yeah. a map. Yeah, <laughs> on a map. Literally circled fields. Says, go here. I am never hunting without a pretty girl with me ever again. I know. Again. I know. Taking my wife everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The good. Good, Matthew. Well, that's it for today. Let me see. We've seen uh, one, two, three... 
four coveys here, uh, last field. Uh, last field, I saw one single, and you got a one sharp. That's I it. I shot a sharp tail. And the other, the other group, uh, Sarah and Jesse, what'd they get? They saw a few sharp tails as well. Yeah, okay, so the birds are here. I mean, I've seen more chickens in the last two days than I've seen in my life, and and there's a lot of chickens, way more chickens than sharp tails, I think. Uh, we, yeah, this morning, that first field we hit this morning, we found four, two, three coveys, and, three and coveys. all three were chickens. All three were chickens, yeah, and several singles, but, you know, they, that's that's part of it. So that's it for today. We're going to, we've got about a mile and a half walk back to the truck. It's their insight. There are pheasant running in the wheat right there, right in front of our dogs. Really? Yep. Yeah, that's a pain. Mm. So, and uh, more tomorrow. So it's about 7.15 in the morning, and I'm getting ready to go out for the uh, final day of the hunt. Um, I decided to put a little bit of air into the, uh, I've got airbags on this thing when I fill my camper. So I, they're empty, but I noticed it was getting a little, I don't know, it just seemed like it was bottoming out or something back there. So I wanted to put a little air in the airbags, and I found a gas station. Um, had an air tank, so I went over there and pulled up to it, and they wanted a dollar fifty for air. So I said, "Well, I know, whatever." So I'm searching for quarters and put the quarters in and put the air in, and uh, I'm coiling up the hose. And you know, I saw this guy park at the uh, Dakota Mart and walk all the way across the parking lot while I was airing up the truck. And um, I figured, well, he was just going to go, I don't know what I figured, but anyway, he was going to pass by. Well, he didn't pass by. He came up to me, and he goes, he goes, hey, how's it going? I said, fine. And he said, well, uh, I just want to let you know, you know, WW Tire down here or whatever it was, M&M or something. He says, they got free air. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I just wanted to put a little air in the airbag here, and I thought a buck fifty was a little steep, but it was my choice. And, uh we just laughed and decided, yeah, sometimes it's just more convenient to do it where it's close. But uh, the people up here, I like. I like them. I like South Dakota anyway, but I really like the, uh, I really like the, the ranchers and farmers and and everybody. I haven't I haven't really had any kind of bad time with anybody in the years I've been coming up here, and I really do enjoy it. But that's just typical of the people. They're just going to go out of your way. Sometimes it's hard to get away from a conversation just trying to check out at the grocery store. <laughs> so, But I did get an invite to hunt in uh, Alabama, hunt quail in Alabama the other day in the parking lot at the motel, talked to a guy. And uh, so it's, it's, just, it's just interesting the conversations you can strike up on a trip. On the last day here, we'll, we started out on the uh, place that we'd visited once before and saw a lot of birds so we decided to go ahead and give it a full court press today and uh, it didn't disappoint we didn't get a lot of birds in the bag these things are getting pretty wild now and the wind was blowing probably 30 miles an hour maybe a little bit more although the skies were clear and the temperatures were in the uh, 50s so you know it was a pretty comfortable day temperature wise but uh when that wind blows and that grass is making all that noise and those birds are in the grass, they, they get pretty flighty. Anyway, uh, we started out and uh, Shelby and I went one way and Matthew and, and Sarah and uh, her husband Jesse went another way and we kind of met on the other side of the hill up, up against the cornfield. But we weren't 100 yards from the truck down in the bottom when uh, both my dogs locked up, which uh, that early in the brace or that early in the... Uh, cast is uh, kind of unusual they're still working out the kinks like we are but they locked up and uh, you know I was just kind of hey what's going on there you know no no production and then in another uh, 20 feet they locked up again in a single chicken got up flew to the uh, west um, so I'm thinking you know nothing's disturbed these birds this morning so I'm pretty sure that the that big cubby's around here somewhere. So we decided to just kind of pick an area, sort of doing a loop. They'll make get the dogs to do loops and stuff around there. Uh, we couldn't find, couldn't find. Finally, we got two of them up, and once again, they got up out of shooting range. And so 
I knew that I, I knew the big covey was around, and finally they did get up about 150 yards away. There were 20 of them, and they took off. They were gone. They were in the next state. Look out, Montana! Here they come. Anyway, uh, so we kept working our way up around the hill, up towards the corn. Kind of turned back to the west, uh, east a little bit. Excuse me, east and uh, coming along a hillside and. Both dogs locked up again. Another covey that got up too far out. Actually, one of them got up close enough, but I missed, and Shelby had some safety issues. So we never really got shot at him. But uh, we're standing there watching our buddies come our way directly to us, right along the corn, and it just seemed like every 30, 40 yards, uh, Sarah would shoot twice and a bunch of chickens would fly into the corn there must have been she said five times along that corn which is about a half mile long she'd run into groups of uh, six to ten chickens just uh, no more than 30 yards out of the corn so that seemed to be the place to hunt them we met crossed and uh, Shelby went with uh, Matthew her husband one way and uh, Sarah and Jesse went another way and I just kept going straight ahead with my dogs because I wanted to get up into some corners in the grass up against uh, corn on one side and wheat on the other so I just kept working along and you know finally a bird got up and I'm hearing somebody told me that a lot of times when you get a single up like that it'll be the big bull it'll be the main cock of the uh, covey and uh, the covey's close. Well, we got one up, and I just kept working, working, working. Finally got the birds up. Shaq slammed them, and uh, I went up to him, and he looked so good. I grabbed my camera out, and I was taking a picture, and right as I hit the little button, bam. You know, they got up about seven or eight of them right in front of Shaq. Didn't have a shot. You know, like an idiot. I got a perfect picture of a dog going from staunch point to starting to go (laughs) so uh you know so then i was walking along after that working down the fence line back towards the truck and i said hey i want to look at that picture so i pulled out my phone again and i went on over to my pictures was looking at my picture and stepped right into another chicken of course gun wasn't ready didn't get that one and then they went on point and uh shack pointed pearls back and and uh, he, I walk in for the shot. Four birds get up, and out of the corner, my corner of my eye, I see sort of a black cloud. And there must have been 40 to 50 chickens, no more than 30 yards away. So that caught my attention, you know, squirrel. So I looked to my left, went back to my right. You know, my birds are too far away. This big 40 bird covey. At, the chickens is too far away, and I'm just standing there with egg on my face. My dog was not amused. So it went like this for about another half hour as we got back to the trucks. Probably saw close to 200 chickens on that one cast. Well, it was lunchtime. We ate lunch, and uh, my uh, hunting partners had something, something they had to do, so they went back into town. So I headed over to another part of the grasslands. And it was time. I took a little bit of a nap in the sun, read my book a little bit. And uh, suddenly I was awakened by some shooting. And I went, oh, my gosh. I jumped up and looked around. And right where I was going to put a dog down, there were two guys walking down the alongside the corn. And not only that, but they just busted up a covey of chickens and shot. So I watched them and watched them with binoculars. I was about half a mile away. And uh, they made it to the road. They turned right and headed back to their car. I cranked up that truck and I said, dude, you snooze, you lose. They forgot, they didn't get the other side of the corn. So I drove down to the road, parked on the road next to the cornfield, let blew out, got them all excited, turned them loose. He was birdie immediately and I was, I had a lot of high hopes. Finally, he locked up. Oh man, he was tight as a tick. And um, so I walked in front of him and I guess probably about 15 chickens got up. Now, we were only about 40 yards out of the, out of the uh, sunflowers. They were sunflowers, not corn. And uh, 
So I dropped one immediately and uh, feathered another one, and it was flying pretty erratically. It kind of came right over the top of me. And uh, my shotgun doesn't have ejectors, it's got extractors. So I'm pulling these shells out, and usually I can do it pretty quickly. And I'm fumbling and fumbling and fumbling for some reason. And he got out of sight into the, into the sunflowers. And uh, I never really saw him come down. I did send a dog in there, but we didn't produce. So we got, you know, my bird, my little puppy became a bird dog. I was really pleased. I hunted him for probably about another hour and a half. And uh, he's just handling better and better. He's starting to figure it out. So anyway, it was a great trip. And uh, we had a blast. And nobody got hurt. We've got all our dogs. Didn't see any snakes. And it's time to head back to Georgia. Thanks, guys, for listening to my podcast, A Bird Hunter's Thoughts, Turn Them Loose. I'd like to encourage you to uh, like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Also, go to my um, blog, my website, abirdhunterthoughts.com, and on the right-hand side, you'll see all my sponsors, and you can select at will, especially ESP America. Also, my book, Endless October, there's a link there, and you can buy it as a Kindle edition, as a paperback, and as an Audible edition. You can get it at Audible or ACX. Listen Listen to it while you're on your way to bird hunting. It'll get you all psyched up. But thanks a lot, and uh, until next time.